2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Back here on this second guest show, Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino Beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bobby J. and I will be on until 8 o'clock tonight, and then we'll throw it to our um, mid-election year coverage and uh, Newell Norman, uh, Dave Cohen, and a cast of... Political experts will be on to break everything down for you. So keep your dial tuned in to the Big 870 for all your election coverage right here on WWL. Joining us now from Locked On LSU is Caroline Fenton. Caroline, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, what a fun week for LSU fans this has been. Honestly, a fun few weeks this has been, so I'm happy to join you all.
1: Just think about if I would have told you a month ago, okay, LSU is going to go on a roll and they'll beat Florida, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Uh, I think you could have got a lot of odds that that wouldn't have happened. After watching what they what happened against Tennessee, you got to give Brian C- Kelly a lot of credit here, and he did it with some leftovers from the coacho Rain, a lot. Grad transfers, and you got four freshmen making significant contributions to this team. You two starting tackles in Campbell and Emory Jones, and certainly Mason Taylor, and Harold Perkins. And I told somebody this the other day, uh, he's a better linebacker as a freshman than Devin White. And they were like, yeah, there's no way. I was like, man, all I know is I, I talked to Devin White. He wanted to play running back, and this was like a week before the season started. He thought he could beat out like Fournette and guys for that job. I was like, man, if you want to play, dude, you got to play linebacker. And he really developed into a very good linebacker at LSU. I've never seen a defensive player at at LSU that has made that type of impact. Maybe Honey Badger, maybe yeah, at, at that stage. But no one else mm-hmm. is in the zip code of what we've seen with Harold Perkins.
0: And and that's what you have to remember is these players are true freshmen. And I also have to give my my hat off to Matt House for using Harold Perkins so creatively because Harold Perkins, I think, has such a unique set of skills. You know, he kind of has the speed of a safety, but the but the size and the power of a linebacker. So Matt House will be able to use Harold Perkins to use his versatility and his unique set of skills to kind of spy in the backfield, and it it paid off. It paid off against Bryce Young, who I personally think is the best quarterback in the country, and I I still stand by that. And Harold Perkins was able to just be kind of a pest to Bryce Young all night long. I mean, Harold Perkins was on Bryce Young. It was really frustrating Bryce Young. To be able to stop and limit what a quarterback like Bryce Young can do, I think is all the sample size that you need to see from Harold Perkins. And I, I will tell you what, I will never forgive Brian Kelly for putting Harold Perkins on the sidelines against Tennessee because you say, you know, would you have believed me after we saw that performance against Tennessee that LSU would have gone on this run and beaten Alabama and have been in the driver's seat for the SEC West? I would have told you, no, probably not. But I said that could either be the best or worst thing that ever happened to LSU is getting embarrassed by Tennessee. And I think it was the wake-up call that this team needed that, hey, you cannot have one of your best players on the sidelines. And that's when Harold Perkins was used kind of as a spy and used so creatively by defensive coordinator, Matt House. So you look at Harold Perkins, you look at Mason Taylor, and you look at both ends on the offensive line, like you mentioned in Emory Jones and and Will Campbell. And I think LSU – has as good of a case as any team in the country to say that LSU has the most impactful freshmen on their team, which can make you so excited for the future, not just with the foundation that's being laid with Brian Kelly, but also the amount of young talent that this team has, and it's making an impact in year one.
3: You know, uh, Caroline, what I was intrigued with, uh, because how the officials... We're going to call the game. Obviously, uh, boy, it looked like LSU was going to recover a follow. Then you look at the rule and overturn, and then the whole tip pass with the, the finger, and then it's not uh, defensive holding, but it's pass interference. But uh, I thought one thing, this has to drive uh, Coach Saban crazy and probably ages him, <laughs> that Alabama came into the game as one of the most penalized teams in the nation, right at nine penalties per game. And nine penalties are 100 yards. That's like basically giving up a touchdown. This is like, I don't know, uh, NFL, uh, college, high school. Boy, they've been highly penalized. Look, 17 against Tennessee, 15 against Texas, 10 against Arkansas. Then I look at Alabama's penalized five times for 50 yards in the first half. They ended up nine penalties for 92 yards. So that's right around 100. Mm -hmm. So I I, I look at that – that's something to me that Coach Saban, because usually you always hold a coach's feet to the fire. Oh, they get penalized so much, they're undisciplined, they're undisciplined. So but what is it? Because I, I know that has to drive Saban crazy more than anything.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the hallmark of every Nick Saban coach team is, Alabama has the best talent, and Alabama is just simply more disciplined than you. And Alabama is not going to give you more opportunities that you don't deserve. That's something that has that drove me crazy earlier on in the season with LSU. With penalties and with special teams, I always said, do not give the other team an opportunity to score. Do not give the other team an opportunity that they did not earn. And Alabama has been doing that all year long, especially on the road. Like you just said, it, 42 penalties for 355 yards and their three games on the road before coming to LSU and then adding that nine for 90 um, on top of that. I mean, this is not a Nick Saban coach team, both with the talent and with the, with the lack of discipline. And I don't know what that falls on truly is that the coordinators, because that's what all these Alabama fans are telling me is the problem is get rid of Bill O'Brien, get rid of Pete Golding. Well, you know, discipline, well, that's this Nick Saban thing. And this team just honestly he is not very disciplined and i think that ultimately against tennessee and against lsu with alabama's downfall and it's the reason why that game at texas was so much closer than it needed to be but you mentioned you know the the fumble recovery that was called a pi and then the tipped ball i thought that those were truly horrendous calls um you know with the fumble recovery i can i can understand the nuances of the rule but that ball was tipped it was um, with the call in the field. You need undisputable video evidence. And I don't know if the video evidence was necessarily enough to change the call in the field. But I it; the ball was tipped. But I, I go back to, you know, it's one of those ball don't lie kind of moments where even when the LSU was handed just kind of BS penalties, to be completely honest with you, or BS calls, you know, that tipped ball. LSU was still able to overcome it. And I think that is a huge testament to this team that we've kind of seen all season long, but this team just has fight in it. You know, they can go down 17 nothing at Auburn, scratch and claw their way back to a win, go down 17-3 against Ole Miss, scratch and claw their way back to a 42-3 to run to beat Alabama. Or excuse me, Ole Miss. I think that's a testament to this team is even when there's just kind of bogus calls and even when the refs might set them back a little bit, they're just going to keep fighting. And it's a huge testament to this LSU team and this Alabama team that just has a serious penalty problem, and I look to Nick Saban and say, what are you going to do about that? Because your teams are supposed to be disciplined, and this one ain't.
1: Carolyn, one of the things that I always like to do is look at the development of a player and who's coaching them. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have brought up Mike Dembrock, uh as the offensive coordinator, but one of the guys who's sort of a, a hidden gem here is Joe Sloan the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I know Joe from when he was at Louisiana Tech. And Joe knows the area very well. He's a good recruiter and everything. But I, I see the progress made in Jaden Daniels. Okay, every day you working with the quarterback coach. Every day. Mm-hmm. And what Joe has done, uh, and I don't want to compare it, but – Everybody sort of gave Joe Brady credit for developing Joe Burrow, and that wasn't actually true. Joe was working right. with the receivers, uh, to be honest with you. That's what Brady did. He, so if you want to give him credit, is the development of what you saw from a Jamar Chase and from Jefferson and Racy McMath and Terrace Marshall mm-hmm. and John Trey Kirkland. When I look at Joe and what he's been able to do to h- kind of harness up the talent of Jaden Daniels, but also get him to understand about trusting the receivers downfield. Joe is a hidden gem on that staff because every day he's in that film room or he's on the field working with Jaden.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, And it's a name that doesn't get brought up nearly enough because you look at LSU stretched these last three games in Porta and Ole Miss and Alabama. Well, what's the one common thread between those three games or the outlier for the rest of the season? And it's Jaden Daniels' efficiency in the passing game. You know, the run game has always been there with Jaden Daniels, but the passing game was just that missing link um, that was really setting this offense apart from being, you know, a fine SEC team, you know, a fine team that's going to win some games and lose some games, and a team that just beat Alabama. So I I have to credit whoever is coaching him up to do that. And the talent has always been there with Jaden Daniels. We saw that in his freshman year at Arizona State when he just just ran the table as a true freshman. So we knew that talent was there. We just didn't see the trust in himself, the confidence in the receivers. There was just a, a missing link there that I think something just clicked with Jaden Daniels. And that is what has been the difference between this LSU team being dominant and this LSU team losing a game at Florida state and getting blown out by Tennessee. And to your point about Joe Brady, I think a lot of people were trying to figure out, okay, who was the mastermind behind that 2019 team? And a lot of people look to Joe Brady being that one. And I think we've learned, you know, since Joe Brady has gotten his time in the NFL and has since been fired from his time in the NFL Uh, I think we've learned that maybe that wasn't necessarily the mastermind and maybe Joe Burrow was just that good. And maybe those receivers were just that talented and it was just the perfect storm. And of course, orchestrated by Joe Brady and by Stephen Ensminger. But I think that we've learned over the past couple of years that maybe Joe Brady wasn't necessarily the mastermind that we thought that he was, or maybe that was just a short-lived mastermind at, 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 at LSU in that one year. But Overall, I think I have to give credit to whoever it is that's developing Jaden Daniels. Is it you know, Mike Denbrock working with Joe Sloan to figure out how this offense works best? And I don't know the answer to that question, but whoever is doing it is doing something right because Jaden Daniels looks like a Heisman contender at this point.
1: Joe Sloan, I think he's working with Mike. I agree with you, Carolyn, but well, I really think Joe Sloan is a guy that – is done a fantastic job with Jaden.
3: Well, uh, Caroline, what is your take now, uh, Arkansas? Uh, I, I thought maybe LSU would be more favored, <laughs> but obviously coming off a big win against Alabama, three, three-and-a-half point favored. But the one thing I, I look for, they've kind of gone from the uh, penthouse to the outhouse, considering they were number 10 in AP Poe, 3-0 start. Uh, but to me, their biggest problem has been their defense that ranks near the bottom, especially against the pass, 129, giving up over 302 uh, yards, basically uh, passing. But, but what is your take on Arkansas? Now, I don't know the health status, uh, K.J. Jefferson, where he's at, mm-hmm. but the one thing, uh, it seems like when they were really rolling, they were averaging basically 38 points a game, uh, but mostly on the ground. So how do you break down Arkansas? And uh, I know LSU could not have uh, a let-up, considering uh, boy it's there they control their destiny
0: yeah i think with, with arkansas i view this as please 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 don't let this be a trash game please 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 don't have a big head coming off of this big win and then go into arkansas and just ruin what you just did and the the three game you know winning streak that lsu is on and the just the on top of the world kind of thing that this team is on and i think that's going to be a big test for Brian Kelly that we can all look at as LSU fans and say, okay, you won the big game. You won the big one. You're on top of the college football world at this point. You're now number seven in the college football playoff rankings. Can you keep this team focused? And that's going to be a question that I think we're going to see this weekend. I mean, Arkansas is a good team. Um, Arkansas is cl- there's clearly something about that team that everybody thought was going to be magical this season that we obviously have seen it's not necessarily the case, you know, losing to Liberty last weekend. I think Arkansas is a good team with talent that has a lot of flaws. You mentioned their defense, and they were pretty dominant up front in the beginning of the season. I believe they may still lead the SEC in sacks, but I think that's more so carried by what they did earlier in the season by some lesser competition. And then when they started to face more you know, difficult SEC opponents, that defense really started to struggle, like you mentioned, especially against the past. And I think that this Arkansas offense is pretty much solely carried by K.J. Jefferson. K.J. Jefferson, I think, had a breakout year last year because Arkansas had a good enough offensive line to run block. And K.J. Jefferson had one go-to receiver that was, I think, a more underrated receiver in the SEC last year, and that was Traylon Burks. And K.J. Jefferson, that was his go-to guy. And he doesn't have that anymore this year. And he struggled to find that go-to guy in the receiving game, or in the passing game, rather. So I think that's where where Arkansas' offense is struggling, is the offensive line isn't able to pass or run protect, uh, to be completely honest with you, the way that they were able to last year. KJ Jefferson doesn't have that go-to receiver. And the defense just will let – You know, we'll let the opposing team throw all over them. So I think that this is a game that LSU absolutely should win. And this is a game that LSU absolutely should win big. And if I got a lock of the week, it's LSU minus three and a half, because I think that spread is a little bit confusing in my opinion. Um, But this absolutely could be a trap game. And this is a must-win game if you want to punch your ticket to Atlanta. Arkansas is a good team, but LSU is just better. And I, I understand that this game is on the road. I understand that it is in Fayetteville. But I look at one thing that this LSU team has, and I mentioned it earlier, it's toughness and it's grit and it's, I don't care if we're down 17 nothing. we can still come back and win this game. And I think in in football, there's one thing that travels, it's toughness. And that's what LSU has had all season long. So this game being in Fayetteville doesn't really sway my opinion one way or another.
1: Carolyn, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it, and uh, I hope you're right. The one thing I do know about life, and I'll tell this when people ask me, go talk at at mass communication parts, everything else, how you handle success. We'll find out uh, how LSU handles success under Brian Kelly because this is the first big test after a big win, how you handle it. So we appreciate it, Carolyn. Thanks so much.
0: Awesome. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. All
1: right. right. For all things LSU Tigers, subscribe to Locked On LSU on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll be back to finish it up here on Second Guest right after this break on the Big 870.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?